This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The Brunton Park ground staff deserve a medal for successfully draining six inches from one end of the pitch. They might have wished they hadn't bothered after Swindon took the lead with their first attack. A moment to savour for 20-year-old Charlie Austin. A goal on his full league debut. Austin comes up. Steady run up. Drills it firmly into the bottom corner. And sends Swindon into the lead late on here. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play. That is that. What a good shot. Post for Shearer, goal! McLaughlin has it, oh, deflection, and a goal! Goes to Mitchell, it's another goal! Incredible hobble! Landmarks are plenty this weekend as Romeo Hutton got his first goal for Swindon and his first professional goal. Charlie Austin overshadowed that by scoring his 50th Swindon Town goal. However, it was the unwanted first professional career goals for Ethan Ingram and Leon Humbles that meant Swindon lost their 100% record at Salford City. 2 2 the final score, and joining me to discuss. It's Max. Hello, Max. Good evening, Rich. How are we doing this evening? I'm very well, thank you. And what's the situation up there weather-wise? Because down here in Bristol, there has been no storm. It's been fine, and everyone's telling me how bad it is. And I'm looking outside, and it's not not blue skies, but it's certainly not treacherous. How's it been up there? 
Well, the past two days, it's been pretty much rain non-stop around me. I'm, I'm in South Manchester, so I'm, I'm not I'm not too far thrown from Salford. But um, yeah, it's been it's been horrific rain. All the non-league games near me have been postponed in the past 24 hours. And then I wake up this morning ready to go to the game and the sun's out and I end up going out with my sunglasses on. So go figure. That's just Manchester weather. Go figure indeed. Yes, you're in Salford, which is, of course... Manchester United country, really. So Bobby Charlton passed away. Huge news this weekend. Only played at the county ground once in a competitive fixture. Can can you name who he was playing for? Oh, will it be? Well, it's not. If it's not Man United, is it Crystal Palace? No, it's that's Don Rogers. That's that's our guy oh. there. <laughs> it was Preston, of course. It was Preston. Oh, I should have known that. Yes, he brought his uh, his side down to the county ground that had two other former England internationals, Nobby Styles and David Sadler, and also future England international Tony Morley playing for them as well. But don't worry, Swindon got a 1-0 win, thanks to who else but Peter Easto back in 1975. There we go. A real sad loss for English football. Before we talk about the game, there are a couple bits and pieces uh, we need to discuss. I I forgot. It was in my running order for the presser. And then for whatever reason, they got sidetracked. Harrison Minturn signed a new deal this week and then got over half hour to really try and impress Michael Flynn, who's a bit hot and cold with Harrison Minton. He was referencing how much he's a better player than he is a trainer. Great news for him. And it was also a good day to show what he can do ahead of Tuesday. Yeah, really much. I'm, I'm really glad that, because I think it would have been easy in the situation to to bring on Tom Clayton, who, you know, like has got more more games under his belt at this level and you know, I know he's coming off an injury, but I think it would have been easy for Flynn to bring him on. I'm glad to see that he's shown he's shown faith not only in giving Harrison Minton the contract, but then trusting him to see out the rest of the game. And I thought he played pretty well. He did. And finally, I've got to mention it because we we seldom get a bit of attention on social media. But Abbott Dave nicked a map of England from Reddit, and it showed the regions with the most successful team based on major trophy wins and max long story short thanks to the heroes of 1969 swindon town officially rule over wiltshire bristol gloucestershire somerset devon cornwall and dorset this was especially enjoyable reading giving the responses we got from irate bristol city fans and most hilariously oxford united fans who were seemingly Unable to locate Oxford on a map. Take your grievances elsewhere, chaps. Pettiness, I love to see. Oh, it's great. And uh, yeah, they'll, they'll never sing about their dominance over the general southwest region of England. And please tell me the Anglo-Italian cops count in that. Oh, it absolutely doesn't. But we've got it in our pocket if uh, if we need to, because Bristol City only have the Anglo-Scottish cup to boast about, don't they? So I think you'll find the Anglo-Scottish is trumped by the Anglo-Italian. Definitely, definitely. Oh, if only, if only that could come back. A summer tournament, something. That would be amazing, I would say. So then, Swindon Town away at Salford City. Wasn't sure whether the game was going to be on. Salford were very quick uh, on Friday to say, no, no, it is, please turn up. We need you to go to this game. And frankly, Swindon wouldn't have wanted this on a Tuesday night later in the season. So it was good 
that it was on. But the unchanged lineup for Swindon was Mahoney and goal back. Three of Bruitt, Blake Tracy, Godwin Malife, Hutton Shade on the wings, McEachran Khan in the middle, Kemp just ahead, and Young and Austin up top. We would see Minton play about 40 minutes, plus including injury time. Hepburn Murphy would come on for half an hour or so, and then injury time, Kinsella came on. No appearances for Clayton. Kane, who was on the bench in favour of the injured Wakwe and Abodo and Lewis Ward. No Brooklyn Genesini. Has anyone heard from Brooklyn Genesini? Maybe his game at Reading didn't impress too much. I mean, the the, the thing with Genesini is he, he hasn't really made a he hasn't made a league appearance since Rex Moy, I believe. So, I mean, I, I guess that kind of says it all about his sort of place within the squad and his place in the pecking order in the mind of Flynn. So, seems that way, doesn't it? It's quite easy for us to be quite flappy and reactionary given the way Swindon threw away points in this game. And ultimately we did. There's no hiding from that. And we'll discuss that once we get to the equaliser. But, and there is a positive but, kind of positive? Is it positive? I don't know. If the game was to play out like the first 10 minutes did, Max, I think we'd be all elated with a point. Yeah, definitely. We. We didn't exactly come out of the blocks well. Salford seemed like a fairly well-organised side and um, they definitely came out a lot fresher in the head than we did. I was kind of like, when I was following it, I was like, is this is this the sign of a tired team now that we were looking completely, well, we were looking way off it and Michael Flynn makes a very, very, well, he's not hiding from that, is he, in his post-match? It's quite clear that he's not happy with the first 10 minutes he says we could have been 3-0 down and that is absolutely true early chance for Salford that Fraser Blake Tracy skewed a clearance which went out for a throw in the the move that followed resulted in a neat one two between Ethan Ingram and Matt Smith and that resulted in Ingram dragging his effort wide he should have done better for that um I remember uh, Lund almost getting through, but Tom Brewitt did one of those sliding strong tackles that absolutely, if he got that wrong, well, goodness me, uh, but he didn't. It was absolutely spot on. And there was another chance after that before, and it's only seven minutes in before Salford scored. It was a nice move to be fair. Started with the goalkeeper, uh, which got to Lund. His pass is flicked by Smith to Ingram and that flick just leaves the town defence for dead, flat-footed stuff from Shade and Brewitt. Uh, Ingram made no mistake this time. It's a a nicely worked goal, but from Swindon's side of things, not very pretty viewing. No, I think it's it's frustrating from Swindon view just because of the the way they've built it from their goalkeeper. And they've kind of not been under any real pressure once um, once Cairns gets his goal kick out to the right-hand side. And Lund does quite well. And and that, yeah, the layoff is very nice and Ingram gets a good touch and uh, he gets a good touch to take a pass shade and Goblin Malife is just in there a bit too late before Ingham tucks in a nice finish, to be fair to him, across the face of goal. You were there, 500 plus in the away end. It's it's not really going for us away from home at the moment, but the, the attendances are maintaining. What was the mood in the away end for for the opening exchanges, it got fairly it got fairly quiet just because obviously we had come up we had come out quite slow and um, an early goal never helps. You think about the run we've had away in in recent weeks, and I think that a lot of people kind of had this sense of oh well, here's the inevitable here's the inevitable goal, and you know maybe this game isn't going to go our way. It it, it was a, it was a little bit of a, a lower mood in the away end today, 
especially you know we're used to coming to Salford and picking up good results. So I think I think there was an, an element element of shock, especially once the goal went in. Yeah, it's a long way up as well, isn't it? Well, yeah, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> It's 20, 20 minutes away for me. All but... right, yeah. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Well, you know, given the amount of miles you have to do usually, it's probably nice to have one of those trips. And that's, oh, yeah, for and, sure. And that's why I hope for one of the Bristol sides in the FA Cup at some point this season. Give me a walking game, please. They're the best ones. They're the best ones. They almost scored again straight after the first goal. Bolton got really close, poking it just wide. That's a real turning point, that, because the way we were playing it would have been uphill from there on in loads of time to get back into the game, but we would have been really against it if that went in. And it, I mean, those, th- those three chances, of course we scored one, but that one for Ingram shortly before we scored and that Bolton effort, they were all really, really strong chances. Yeah. And on that Bolton effort, I think if it's not, if it's not for Blake Tracy recovering and just getting an arm in, I think that, you know, he probably gets a bit of a, a tidier shot on that and maybe does tuck it into the, into the bottom corner. But yeah, I think at this point, we did start to we we did we were starting to grow into it a little bit. I think I think those chances kind of woke everyone up. Once Bruett had had got his booking early on, I think that's where we start we just sort of started to get a bit more focus in the game and yeah, it, it it turned into a bit more of an even battle from there. Yeah, and I think from a narrative of the season point of view, I think we saw maybe why Wood is still at the club, maybe why Salford can count themselves to be a bit unlucky this season, because they started by far the better side. And then we get this corner and it's a nice routine by Swindon. Shade finds Hutton with a very simple long distance side foot pass pretty much. And Hutton's effort isn't, you know, it's not an extra set, but it gets that deflection and it's 1-1 out of nowhere really. And we, I mean, again, we're going to spend a bit of time bemoaning what happens at the end, but from the Salford side of things, they'll be going, oh, for crying out loud, because it was a quite a tame shot, a good move, but it should have never gone in. No thanks to the Salford defender. Oh no, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think Ken's isn't helped by the amount of men that are between him and the shot. I mean, he, Charlton sort of takes shot right on the edge of the D, and he's, I think, he's got three or four Salford players between him and the goal, and it just happens to kind of squeak his way through. And I mean, for us, it's a, it's a goal from a corner, which I can't think of the last time we scored a goal from a corner. No, oh, I can tell you what our last goals were like last week. You know, <laughs> my memory my memory is is shot to pieces when it comes to that sort of stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, I think Flynn said post-match, they, they work on a lot of stuff, but that one was a little bit more off the cuff. Yeah, I think he mentioned something about it being improvised, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he said it was it was improvised, and we love to see it. More of those, please. You mentioned Tom Brewitt got his booking. That's five for him. So that's a big one to miss. They're all big ones. It's going to be a huge, a huge loss for Swindon, regardless of how well Minton played and and how good it is to have Clayton back. He played every minute until he went off uh, later in the game. So it's going to be a big loss. Yeah, definitely. I think especially having that that central centre-back role and he de- definitely seems to have taken like, the role as sort of the leader of that back three. So, you know, whoever comes in, whether it is Minton or whether it is Tom Clayton, they're going to have to, they've got some shoes to fill just in terms of, you know, the, the communi- communication role, let alone um, defensively. Mm, yeah, so we'll see how they do there. Ginningham will be a toughie, but... We'll deal with that on Tuesday. And then, like you say, Swindon get back into the game, don't they? And I think from this point onwards, we're the better side, aren't we? 
Yeah, um, the, the first half plays out in a really weird way because there there is like a, a decent midfield battle between both sides. Like both teams are getting a little bit of joy, but in terms of in the attacking third, I mean, they didn't really have anything in, in our third for, for the rest of the half. Nothing significant anyway. Um, from this point onwards, we were the ones with the quality possession and we were, you know, get, getting into their third and, and trying to pull some things off, just not quite getting near the net. Yeah, Salford just seemed to just completely deflate after the goal. And I think that was highlighting Elliot Watt getting booked for for throwing a strop, which after 15 minutes is sensational stuff. (laughs) It's so good. Just the way he throws the ball down. (laughs) It's just like most of the game left, mate. Relax. It's okay. But that's how much they hated conceding that goal. Romeo Hutton had a really good chance to to score a second. It's crazy to think that was his first professional goal. I think his only goal before that was in in non-league, playing on loan for Yeovil, especially in terms of league games. I think that's long overdue. When they get one, suddenly the others come not so far after. So hopefully that'll be an an adage to his game. Yeah, I can believe because he he essentially, he he does essentially play as a winger, right? So... Mm -hmm. And, and the, the runs he goes on, you would expect him to get into goal scoring positions more and more. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. Hopefully that'll be, you know, that, I, I think it could be the, the start of a good run for him. Just with how much of a focal point he is in the attack for us. And yes, a nice finish for him. And yeah, that, that one that just hits the crossbar mm. on his left peg. So just whipped it in, didn't he? It was, it was great to see. Uh, what had an effort go just over for Salford, but there was another chance for Swindon in the midway point, roughly. Uh, lovely pass from Charlie Austin across to Romeo Hutton, whose cross was just so dangerous. I think it's Young that can't direct the header uh, on target, which is a great shame because that was a good move. Austin was doing that a lot, a lot, especially especially in the sort of middle period of the game. Um, he was he was linking up well. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't notice Young a lot today, but yeah, that that chance it was it was a shame it couldn't come off because it came off a pretty decent move from us overall throughout the pitch. It's weird the Young situation, and weird in so much that on black and white on paper he's got what nine goals in in twelve games for Swindon, but he hasn't scored in six. And he hasn't looked like scoring in six either, but an effort against Newport. I do remember something. There we go. Where he just, uh, it was well saved by by the Newport goalkeeper, Johnny Maxted. I've always been a bit cautious on Jake Young, not because of his ability. He started in sensational form and there's every chance he'll keep, he'll, he'll find that form again. But I've talked to a lot of people, weirdly, about Jake Young because he seems to, make people obsess about him because he's got a lot of talent but he does go on these barren runs and and what we're seeing that yeah maybe and maybe we're starting to see more of the Jake Young that was out on loan last season who wasn't getting the goals and I don't think he's playing badly I think he's still getting in the right positions and you know he's linking up with Kemp and Austin well and he's involved in a lot of the attacking moves um but yeah I don't know if it's starting to indicate maybe that that his run in August was a bit of lightning in a bottle and now you know he's brought that, and that now we're kind of seeing what he's what he's going to be like over the course of a season. And I, I'm again, I'm not I'm not too against having him in the side the way he's playing because he, he might not be getting the goals, but I, I still think he, his involvement is important. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm not writing him off by any by any stretch of the imagination, but I think we are certainly seeing 
what Bradford fans have been saying, what Barrow fans have been saying, what Forest Green Rovers fans have been saying about him. Very talented footballer, but quite frustrating in front of a goal. And when we're seeing him score four in one game and wondering what on earth they're talking about, yeah, well, we're seeing it a little bit now. It felt like, as we move on, Max, it felt like their plan was largely to get it to Matt Smith, which isn't a huge shock. There was only really one time where it felt like Matt Smith should have done better. And that was in the latter stages of the first halfway. He had a header um, comfortably caught by Mahoney, but that was probably the chance. And then even his game dipped quite a bit once he got booked. Yeah, I think, yeah, especially once he gets booked, he definitely starts going in less physically physically on our defence. And he's a decent player, but I think he's limited, especially... Against a team like ours, where we're gonna have we're gonna have more of the ball. I think he's I think he suit he probably suits himself when they have a bit more of the ball and they can lump balls up to him. But I think the game just didn't suit Matt Smith today for them up front. Mm, yeah, and as a result, it just didn't seem to click for Salford, which which was fine. Halftime then one one. I mean, I was at halftime thinking this is this is up for grabs this game. I I didn't think Salford, not that they weren't up to much and you know what Swindon's like and we'll see what Swindon's like but I I didn't feel that there was any home advantage I didn't feel that there was any particular pitching advantage with the with the treacherous weather up there I I felt like if we just found that form that we started the season with that ability to just click then we'd be fine but didn't really happen did it in the second half no we we were saying all through the halftime breaks like I think we're playing or we've grown into this game we just need to get a few more, you know, shots on this net because, I mean, as you saw, you saw from the goal, it, it was a bit of a pun and it went in. So I, I just felt like, I felt like, and others that I spoke to at halftime were just saying, like, we just need to test this keeper more. I feel like we haven't tested them enough. When, as, as the second half played out, I think Salford might have started it a little bit better than they ended the first half. I think they had, Mahoney made a good save from Luke Bolton. But then there's a clash of heads, which means Tom Brewitt, has to be replaced and he played every single minute of the season prior to to this injury it sounds like he's okay in terms of concussion doesn't sound like he's concussed but they had to take him off and given that he would he had received that yellow I guess it's a real no-brainer for Flynn to give his replacement a go and I guess it was a surprise that it was Harrison Minton stepping up instead of Tom Clayton but Harrison Minton came up and he stepped up to the challenge. He got huge praise from Michael Flynn after the game. Yeah, and, it, and again, it's just good to see. It's good to see Faith showing them. You know, I think a lot of the talk is oh, you can. I think it's. I think it's. I, I saw people mention it's easy to give Harrison Minton a contract because you know he's he's local. He's come through the youth academy, and you know he'll be happy to be part of it. But I'm sure that you know Harrison will think like, no, I want I want to be part of this team. I want to be getting on the pitch. And yeah, it's good to see Faith showing them. And uh, yeah, again. I thought I thought he was solid. Um, the, the injury to Britt did look a bit awkward. It was a a ball. It was a challenge between him and Matt Smith, and he's kind of clattered into the back of Britt's head. And I mean, the ref signalled for head contact straight away. So yeah, it's best to err on the side of caution with some with something like that. Especially you know the amount of minutes he plays. I think with the yellow card ban and, and getting some wrestlers, I think it'll do him some good. Yeah, there'll be plenty of Tom Brewitt talk um, in the presser ahead of the Ginium game, but. How much of a loss is he? It's tough to say because with how with how Minton performed today, I think he did. I think he did all the right things that you know you probably you probably see Brewer do, but with a bit with a bit more height. I think the thing you miss with 
uh, Brewer is that communication, is you know a leader at the back that galvanizes all the players around him. You probably expect um, Blake Tracy to kind of step up into that role as the senior player back there, but you know I think kind of remains to be seen. I, I think in terms of the ability of whether it's Clayton or Minton, I think I think we'll be okay. But you know someone at the back needs to step up and take that leadership role. Yeah, I, I'm feeling okay with Minton because I remember him having to play uh, against Leighton Orient away, and he was fine. You know, and that was best team in the division last season and and he was more than capable Ginningham being a not a derby but it's a it's a historically spicy encounter it will be really it's a really good test for for Harrison Minton and I think in terms of his contract I think he probably is easier to get a deal done at this stage of the year than players that haven't got that association with Swindon Town I think all the others they're not going to be signing deals until January onwards because their agents and their themselves will be thinking what can I get elsewhere which is nature of the beast that's not a Swindon issue that's that's a league two issue really if we're paying players certain wages just sometimes our name alone isn't enough to keep players and if somebody else is willing to pay more then off they trot. Yeah, and this is, and again, this will this will be as as long as we're in this league. It's, it, you know, player retention is always going to be an issue because, you know, you can go up one league and a lot of these players could be potentially, you know, more than doubling their money just by going up to a top half league one side. So, and, and yeah, it, it's it you know it, it's fair enough to see, see you know other players are going to wait and see what best they can get because you know they've got they've got short careers and especially at lower levels, you want to try and make as much money as you can before you have to bow out. So it's it's fair enough. Yeah, and I'm sure there are Swindon players champing at the bit to sign a new deal if they can. Don't get me wrong, I don't think they're all you know, slaves to the payday, but frankly, it'd be bonkers if you wouldn't because, you know, get me paid um, as long as it works for all parties. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. But really good news that Minton, I mean, my cynical mind instantly thought, Where's he going on loan when he signed that contract? <laughs> exactly, I had the exact same thought, but no, it, um, I, I want to see Harrison Minton be a part of our backline for you know for you know the next four or five seasons. I want to see him become a long term player because you want to see our youth, our youth system de- developing guys, so that those, so that those those players that are in our under 18s now who are having a great season can look at someone like Minton and say, "See, I, I could I could make it in that team." So. I think he could be a good inspiration for the under-18s currently there now. I think you're absolutely spot on because, and I've said this a few times over the last year or so, it's all well and good pointing how many under-18s are playing in the EFL trophy, but something that is lacking are under-18 graduates who are playing week in, week out for Swindon, or at least in the conversation. So it's great that Harrison Minton is going that way. Scott Twine could have gone further that way if if... You know, Richie Wellens rated him a little bit more, maybe. And then after that, it's slim pickings, isn't it? You're looking at the Thompsons, really. And then a few players have their moments. like Miles Never forget Sporey. Soul Price. Never forget Soul Price. A brace on the debut and pretty much never seen again. Um, and Wellens didn't seem that impressed even after that game, to be honest. But it's great listing these players who are given their opportunity in the EFL trophy. But we certainly like to see more uh it's high higher stakes though isn't it the league they've they've got to be ready yeah but and, and if we're and if we're going down this you know sustainability route and wanting to you know grow a bit within ourselves then you know i think 
Flynn needs to show faith in those players. You know, it, it, and it it was a it is a risk bringing on Minton. Like I say, Clayton would have been the safe Clayton would have been the safer option, but you know, it's good to see them take that risk. And I thought it paid off. Yeah, absolutely agree. Now, I, I in my notes, I've I've got sixty to seventy five minutes. Mostly all Swindon, a goal's coming. Hepburn Murphy had a few decent chances when he came on. Perhaps he should have scored one of those, but I just thought, we've got this. Yeah, that was the mood in the, mood in the stands. I was like, I was just thinking, oh, it's a matter of time. We're, we're, we're starting to knock on the door now. And I think once we can test his key properly, you know, all it takes is, you know, Austin to have a shot and then you, got, you, you could have Hepburn Murphy stepping up there. The problem in this sort of period of the game was there was a lot of, Odd decision making. So a lot of time, that the, there was there was a moment where the ball comes across and Austin has it, and he could probably try and flick it in first time, but he takes an extra touch. And you know, there's moments where I think there's one where Hepburn Murphy took a shot where maybe he had a better option to pass it to square it into the middle. And yeah, just open play was a little bit of an issue in that that we were just we we were getting into the box well because because by this stage of the game we we had full control in midfield and a lot of credit of that I'd give I'd give to Khan because everything was sort of building from the back from him and uh, he was a quite a calm presence on the ball and we were getting a lot of joy down the right hand side Hutton Kemp and Goblin Belief were linking up quite well there to progress us down the pitch and then once we get into the box it was just like you know we were close and we were taking some you know, some low percentage shots, but we didn't really have anything particularly clear cut. Hi, Rich. Just a reminder to let you know I'm on Points West again tonight, so make sure you tune in. Oh no, here I am holidaying in Europe and I'm going to miss Dan's latest appearance talking about another deep side town performance on the television. Unless, <laughs> of course, I can use my Nord VPN subscription. Nord VPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. So I'll never miss another Points West with Dan ever again. Huzzah! NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive information like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month, and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. So to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash strangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the podcast along the way. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Lovely stuff. Hi LS Pod fans, it's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell Outlet Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with Muck Delivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Shade takes it, rolls it to the edge of the box where Hutton is free, and Side puts it in and equalises! Romeo Hutton's firstly goal! And then the last 10 minutes begins to kick in, and, and following it from afar... I, even though I think we're in control and we're doing okay, I'm thinking to myself, oh gosh, it would be so Swindon now to do something daft. But it didn't look like it, did it? It didn't look, it didn't look like it at all because on 85 minutes, 84 minutes, Swindon Town get a penalty. I would say the Low Strangers WhatsApp group was quite divided at this stage. Um, those in the ground, I think JB 
who you were with today was like Stonewall. And then there were a couple of, that's never a penalty. Now, I think he's not, I think it's a penalty. I think it, I think it's Stonewall. He he gives him an elbow in the back as he's about to take the shot on goal. Um, he's the, And he's, he's the last man. He prevents goal scoring opportunities. So for me, definite, definite penalty and definite red card as well. Yeah, I don't like the rule that that's a red card. I, you know, by by the laws of the game it absolutely is but it was it is soft to go get sent off for that but he's made no attempt for the ball and you can see he is barging he's trying to use tilt very experienced player he's trying to use his experience there to get the best of it and I think also Hepburn Murphy does naturally fall I don't think that's like he's milked that I think if you don't expect that sort of force to hit you 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 go to ground when you're running so uh, you know, I, I was surprised. I, I I looked at it, and I often, in fact, a lot of the decisions this year, I'm thinking is a Swindon penalty. Maybe my my tinted glasses are getting more rosier, but yeah, it's a penalty. Yeah, well, the thing is, so I, I, so yeah, obviously, I was with JB. We were pretty much right in line with the uh, with the right with the right hand post. Um, and the way I saw, it, I saw him elbow him. I saw him fall down, and I thought, oh, well, it's a penalty. But the ref's never going to give that. And then the big surprise was was the fact he did, um, yeah. I mean, he yeah he he disturbs his runners. He's about to you know make an attempt for the ball for on goal. So yeah, definite penalty for me. And up stepped Charlie Austin, who'd been waiting a little while for this, but that is his fiftieth Swindon Town goal in all competitions. Quite the journey he's been on, but. Terrific, because we don't get many players get to 50 goals. So it's nice that he's come back and got the job done. Yeah, what, would the last one have been, would it have been Cox or Parkin? Um, oh, oh, there you go. Oh, let's have a look. I don't know if Cox scored, was here enough. Because Cox, he got 30-odd in that. In Simon oh, Cox nine, got 48. Oh, he's close. So close. Because a Jose, a Jose maybe might be the next closest. No, he wasn't here long enough to score. Any he, got 20, he got 25 in a season. i tell you then... who it's got to be. It's got to be Billy Painter, hasn't it? That's how oh, look, because he had yeah, that actually. final season. Yeah, he got 51. He got All right, there you go. So Billy Painter's the last one. I don't know if that's right, but it'll do. I'm sorry. I need to. I need to look up um, a Jose now because it's going to annoy him otherwise. <laughs> I know. Now, now you may say it's probably not him. He got forty. He got forty. He got forty. He's only much closer than I thought. Actually, um, any more that we need to look up before we we continue? Um, Andy Williams. <laughs> oh no! I think he'll be on like thirty-five because oh. he got fifteen and twenty. I think absolutely superb. Um, not quite superb knowledge, but close enough. Thirty-four. Well done. Well, because he was one of my favourite players. I loved him. Oh, he was great. He was great. So it's got to be Billy, hasn't it? Um, that's an underrated long. F- I think he's criminally forgotten, Billy Painter. I think just because he wasn't flashy. Yeah, he just he just popped. When the one season he popped, he left. So it was <laughs> it was like. And, and then the, I think the issue with Painter is that then his his career properly fizzled out. Like. Very yeah. quickly. Yeah, okay. All right, you don't have to get the boot in. Jeez <laughs> Louise. Even B, he's a, he's a friend edit that, of the... Edit, edit that bit out. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, up steps Charlie Austin, and Charlie Austin just scored, but it was it was powerful enough, and, and it went, and that's 50 goals for Swindon. Superb stuff. And, you know, if you're, if you're a proper, hardcore, dedicated fan, you're not celebrating at this stage because... Oh no, Swindon seems to be winning and we're playing against 10 men. 
<laughs> and this is this is the the modern era surely surely we can't do it again can we talk to me about swindon's performance from going two one up and just before conceding what was it like so we were sort of, it was that typical sort of right we're gonna sit sit back a bit but we weren't we weren't fully we weren't like bring it into the corner and you know trying to just keep keep it keep it away from Salford you know that there was there was a few runs still going on um we were doing fairly well at just kind of keeping it in safe areas and you know winning the odd throw in um and I think it's when it for me it's when Khan goes off that the midfield kind of just shrivels up. I was getting messages from a few people that were watching the game and saying that like, Saidu Khan hadn't been really in it because the play was going elsewhere. Was it one of those sort of silently great performances? For, for, for me it was just just because, you know, obviously you know the, 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 the role he plays sitting at the base of the midfield and, you know, sort of being at that initial first first protection for the back three. I just thought that he was breaking up Salford's, Salford's play quite well. Like, he was being disruptive enough that they weren't getting anything clean through into our into our third, and he was doing well enough that, and he he was closing down when he had to, and you know just doing the simple things right. Really, not a flashy performance by any means, but I thought he was just solid in in his position. So, <laughs> it, it it feels good, you know. There's a lot of injury time given. Was it eight minutes? Eight minutes. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> all the usual, <laughs> how much? Um, all the usual noises. Par for the course these days. So I don't necessarily think we can bemoan that, but we'll give it a bloody good go if you want to, Max. Um, but it, it doesn't. It doesn't end well for us. And somebody with a football manager regen name went and scored their first goal of their career. Nice finish, but should never have been given the chance to have a go. Oh, well, I mean, it's just the numbers that's kind of puts the ball that, you know, Austin closes down and it bounces off him and goes badly. And then Shade gets in the tackle, but it goes straight back to him as well. Um, and then it results in sort of Shade and Austin are swapped. So Austin's effectively at left wing back at this stage, gets a ball into the box that, and Blake Tracy, you know, he, he'll watch this back and not be happy with it. He, he does kind of header it straight into the danger area um, just to his left where Austin's under pressure and, yeah, the, the the regen makes a good finish. He did. A lovely moment for him, a terrible moment for us. Um, in the post-match, Michael Flynn said that he didn't feel that there was a pattern in relation to Swindon throwing away well, it depends what the pattern he's talking about. Let's go through the draws this season because I think it is worth a conversation here. Uh, the first one, opening day of the season for us anyway, Crew Alexandra, 2-0 up. Uh, they conceded the equalising goal with five minutes to go, 2-2. Uh, the next draw was Wrexham away, went into injury time, 5-3 up, drew 5-5. Doncaster away, bit different to the others, 0-0 draw. However, Doncaster are down to 10 men just before half time. So we go a whole half against 10 men and fail to break them down. Morecambe, another one, uh, a lead thrown away with 10 minutes to go. They're down to 10 men in the 55th minute. So that's points thrown away. And then we have this one where we score in the 85th minute. They've gone down to 10 men and we've not been able to keep the lead. Is that a pattern? 
What do you think? This one felt very similar to the Morecambe one in the in the second half of that game. Again, we were we were pretty much comfortably the better team until that penalty goes in, and we seem to we didn't have as we didn't then we seem to just kind of lose grip completely because I think everyone's trying to you, you don't want to be the one to give give away the ball and um, make that mistake that leads to a leads to a conceding goal, and you don't want to take too many risks. And I think it just. I just don't think we, we we don't really press on enough when we could probably go for that go for that that killer goal. I think the Wrexham one the Wrexham one for me is is the outlier in that Wrexham peppered us that game like they were always going to get get some goals and they had they you know they're a good quality team you know we kind of we know about how much money they spent building that side. This one just feels like we were the we were the better team, and it's again it's it's another one similar similar to Morecambe and similar to Doncaster in that we don't adjust, we don't seem to adjust our play when we're that when the other side are down to ten men, we seem to be doing the same things. And the problem with what we try, I feel like what we try to do is we try to play it so that you're dragging players out of position. But I mean, as soon as the team's down to ten men, they're going to do two banks of four, or they're just or they're going to they're going to stay very rigid and not be dragged out. I just don't think we adapt well to the opposition in in those cases. No, good points. I think I think what's most extraordinary is we've drawn five games this season and we haven't been the ones to snatch the draw. All of them have been ones where it's kind of gone. Well, it's it's Swindon Town. You, you should have got the win there. And I know football isn't black and white. You know what we do changes the, the whole timeline elsewhere, but. If all of those games are played out and managed out in the appropriate way, we're top of the league with four points in the game in hand. It's easy as that. <laughs> yeah, and it also puts less pressure on you know on that on that game against Notts County where you think right this is because you know because we've thrown away a few points here and there like this is a must win now because it's a top of the league six pointer and you know maybe maybe with a bit less pressure in that first half we don't go three 0 down and maybe we 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 have a bit bit more of a chance than that. I think it's just. We're shooting ourselves in the foot and hurting ourselves in in those in when it comes to those important games where it goes from being well, this is a big game; it'd be good if we could get some points here. To we need to win this to kind of you know stay in the hunt because and we'll and we'll look at this we'll look at this result in you know three or four months time and think if if we hadn't dropped you know those four points against Morecambe and Salford, then you know we wouldn't be scrambling to get into a playoff spot, perhaps. Yeah, maybe, maybe, and we won't know until until the time. It, at this moment, I'm more hoping that it's like, oh, we, we're we in the playoffs. We could have been in the automatics as opposed to anything, but it's still pretty close. And what that draw has done is it just hasn't sort of separated us from the mid-table pack. So if we if we lost to Gillingham in midweek, they're in ninth. They they go above us, you know. So if results don't go our way, there's there's huge dips to be had. Still, yes, we have our game in hand, and if we win that game in hand. Then we go probably third. But I mean, it's against Colchester. Ben Garner lost his job, didn't he? Um, this weekend, after another loss with Colchester. Um, as a side, Swindon fans are awfully mean about Ben Garner, aren't they? I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't get why fans can't see that Charlton Athletic is such a big move. It's absolutely spiralled for him since then because he's just lost a job with Colchester having left us two years ago for for Charlton Athletic but I, I what I don't like is this sort of spin that Ben Garner did nothing it was all Ben Chorley or, or it, Ben Garner did nothing it was just Harry McCurdy Jack Payne and, and Lou Reed he still got to manage them on a day-to-day and he was super super protective of that squad which 
which worked well. And he took us to the playoffs and and Swindon did nothing to keep him, seemingly. So I just it just really grates on me how we just can't just acknowledge that not everyone sees Swindon as a as a five, ten year. Some see Swindon as a stepping stone and we just gotta embrace that. No different to a player. Yeah, I I'm on your side on this. I think and I think the longer it goes on, I think the longer I look back that season, I think what what he and Ben Chorley did together as a unit, like was incredible if you really think think that I I remember going to Melksham away in pre-season when you know we barely had a coaching coaching squad to put we, we barely had a, the coaching staff that game let alone a playing squad and you know within four weeks we've got a you know a team that everyone believes straight away like that this could challenge now and and I also think you think of the situation that you know how we changed our structure and you know I think him and Charlie probably saw that come in and thought well. I've got. I can either stay here and risk this this new model, or you've got Chan Athletic, massive club, league above, you know, knocking on and wanting my services. Like, you know, I I, I think the long the longer it's gone on, I think you can look and understand why he made that move. And yeah, just the, the memories he gave us in that season and how good that season was. Um, it's it's a, it's a, and it is it is a shame to see how it's borrowed from because I I think that. You know, he pl- he proved a lot of people wrong when he was with us from, you know, all the critics he had at Bristol Rovers. And I just think, you know, Charlton, Charlton was probably a little bit of a basket case with their ownership. And Colchester, from what I've seen, it's a, it's a bit of a mess there as well, you know, upstairs. So maybe he just needs to pick his jobs better. <laughs> Something well, like well, maybe, maybe. But you can either go, oh, I wish I stayed at Swindon, had a mediocre second and lost my job. Or do you remember that time where Charlton Athletic wanted me and I said no? You know, so, you know, sometimes it's not about us. It's about the career dice roll. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But there's some Swindon fans that are taking absolute delight in that man's uh, career downfall, which is which is a great shame because he gave us a great season, a season that, like you said, none of us expected from him. So um, sometimes it just works at a club, doesn't it? Just It's just one of those things. And and I also get and anyone who can manage McCurdy to score twenty plus goals. No one else has done it. Quite right. Quite right. Post match, then Flynn not a happy chappy, was he? I mean, he was like very much saying how much it hurt because he cares. Called it a comprehensive away performance, apart from the opening ten minutes when we should have been three nil down and the game could have been gone after 10 minutes we weren't following our runners certain players weren't doing what they were told I think we might see a few changes for Ginningham we worked hard on set plays but they improvised with the corner for the goal Uh, it was one of the times they were thinking on their feet him and in in football intelligence at the moment he's definitely struggling with them felt it was definitely a penalty but we should have seen the game out um, should have scored a third, but they played the pass instead. Uh, Flynn doesn't think, as I said, there is a pattern, but he was angry at the players. And there's some home truths in that changing room post game. Tom Brett, thankfully, is all right, uh, but he, Flynn didn't know whether he was concussed or not. Uh, and but, which is brilliant to to hear the praise for Harrison Minter, who said he's absolutely superb uh, against Matt Smith, and he's put a marker down for Tuesday. In terms of listeners, the rhetoric was very, very similar. And when you ask for post-game comments when you've just conceded an injury time or surrendered another lead, you can guess what the uh, what the outcomes are. But Matt says, 
poor first 10. After that, we were the much better side until the 96th minute. If Fraser Blake Tracy's header is a, a metre either way, then we win that game. That's the small margins. All we can do is keep winning those home games and picking up points on the road. Min turn was class when he came on. Man of the match, Kemp. Jamie Goodwin says, incredibly disappointing way to finish, giving up another two points while play, whilst playing against 10 men, and they were poor. Hepburn Murphy's body language a concern. Did you see anything there with that? Um, not particularly. I think he looked frustrated with himself that the chances that he did make for himself, he didn't put away. I, I think on another day, he does score. I just think that, you know, the, the chance he had where were fairly low percentage chances and, you know, maybe he feels like he could have got into better positions. But no, he he, he looked, he, and he looked good when he came on. So I didn't, I didn't see anything particularly wrong from Hepburn, the side of Hepburn Murphy. Yeah, okay, fair enough. He goes on, inevitably makes a poor decision and then does zero to atone. George McEachran, man of the match today, solid and progressive with his passing. Michael says, we need to have a plan B at the back when 10 minutes to go, including injury time. My suggestion would be go to four at the back, bring Clayton on and Kinsella and Khan in front. Take McEachran and Charlie off and park the bus, hoop upfield what do you think yeah I, I i do think that maybe a better option would have been to possibly take one of charlie or kemp off and bring someone who can sit a bit deeper um the issue the issue kind of came from it, it came from a few bad bounces and um i think that shade shade was caught a position and kintella wasn't best placed to deal with the uh with with the passes that soft were making it was kind of a not, not a comedy of errors but it was a combination of errors that let them get in that chance, and it, it, it was it was a good finish result, but it wasn't it wasn't like we gave it away to them in in front of the goal five yards out. You know, he still had he still had a bit of work to do. Leifa says frustrating as hell. That said, we're still flying high. Very decent performance against awkward opponents. A hammering is coming someone's way. Hopefully, Ginningham. Thank you, Leifa. You make some nice comments to us behind the scenes. It's always appreciated. Uh, Paul Merriman says gifted three points by the ref. Is is that true? Was it a bad referee's display? I barely noticed the referee today, to be honest. Um, okay. The the tantrum yellow card was just funny. Uh, <laughs> Brewer's yellow card was deserved, and the penalty was a penalty. So yeah, okay, okay. But I'll, I'll always defend a referee. You're a referee in a different sport, aren't you? So you've, you've you, there's a union there of of, of, of sorts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Merriman goes on to say the drop points will come back to haunt us. I'm sure Minton did well. We'll presumably see him in the next game. Played well, created chances. Man of the match, tricky today. Kemp. Tough test on Tuesday. David James Bond says, well, it's Swindon Town. It certainly is. And Bernie Mann says, usually a point away from home is acceptable. But we have dropped so many last-minute points now that you have to think that this is going to come back to bite us post-January. Kemp, man of the match, kicked all afternoon by Salford, but still had them in his pocket more times than not. Just pay Kemp, goodness, that would be fun, wouldn't it? There were plenty of... It's one of those games where nobody really knows who the man of the match is. Kemp got a couple, McEachern did, Khan did. When it's not universal, you know, it's either the perfect display or just uh, something of nothing display. Hutton, of course, also got a few nods for his first half performance. But overall, Kemp got the listeners' man of the match again. But... I don't think he's got it from us, has he? See, uh, yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm just going to give it to Khan just for the the role he played in uh, breaking breaking up Solfer's play from from base, from basically minutes at, from from minutes and on from minutes and onwards. He pretty much helped to break up Solfer's play and um, kept our midfield ticking fairly well, building from the back. Um, 
So for me, for me, it's calm. But Kemp, Kemp was great today. Kemp was a big part of pretty much everything good we were doing in the final third. So I can see why the listeners have given that in. And he's a close second for me. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Okay. Well, there we go. 2-2. Two, two, but it's going to be perfect opportunity to turn things around on Tuesday against Ginningham home under the lights of the CG. I'm looking forward to it. Do you, I, I get a feeling there might be a few changes, but then I think to myself, how many changes can you possibly make? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I suppose the only real option you got is you could bring Kane in to midfield if you wanted something a bit different. You could bring Hepburn Murphy in to place one of the front three. You'd expect Kemp to play given he's not going to be able to play next Saturday. And then I guess it's a question of will it be Clayton or will it be Minton to replace Baruta at the back? Yeah, yeah. He he gave the tone of a man that would that would rotate, but then you sort of sit down and go, well, Minton comes in for Bruett because of it because of suspension, and then it can only be really Hepburn Murphy, and after that, we're arguably weakening our side for a big game. So I mean, sometimes it's just got to happen when you've got Tuesday, Saturday. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll finally see Brooklyn Genesini at number ten. Maybe he can play there. You know. I think that's quite enough. Max, thank you very much. Cheers, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindertown Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds. Come on, we did. Austin going in. Well, it was coming in the first half. It's arrived six minutes into the second. A glorious scoring header from Charlie Austin. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.